Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, This is the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. So if you listen to, to Coast View, you know that there are a few regular guests that I have because it gives me an opportunity to be really connected with what's going on in the local community. So I think our chamber leaders are incredibly important from Paige Roberts over in Jackson County all the way over to Tish Williams in Hancock County. I enjoy my times with Adele and and Cynthia Sutton, Adele at the Coast Chamber, of course, and Cynthia Sutton over at the Ocean Springs Chamber. And um, and then Ashley Edwards. Ashley Edwards and I have had numerous conversations about a bunch of different things, always focused on what's best for Coastal Mississippi going forward. And um, he uh, broke some news last Thursday that we're going to get into here in just a second. But let me let me first welcome my friend Ashley Edwards, the current CEO of the Coast Business Council, back to Coast View. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Ricky. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Hey, I passed over the Pop Ferry Road Bridge today and saw your pier almost underwater. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the water has definitely been up a little bit. Uh, yeah, the, the, these high tides, you know, they uh, at least we got a little bit of warning that we were going to be having them. So, um, okay, tell the news and then we'll kind of break it all down. Yeah, so we in, we had a great event last Thursday, uh, membership appreciation reception. We wanted to get our members together and really show them how much we appreciate what they've continued to do to build the Gulf Coast Business Council. You know, it's been uh, a couple of years now that I've sort of been working on some startup ventures, entrepreneurial in the private sector, and, uh, you know, have finally have kind of uh, grown to the point that that I'm going to go and move on and do that full time. And so I, you know, I told the membership uh, last Thursday that I was going to be departing uh, later this fall. And we also made a very exciting announcement. Uh, Jamie Miller, who is the current uh, chief operations officer at the Mississippi Development Authority. Many people know Jamie, his time on the coast, and uh, he's a coast guy. I grew up in Gulfport. He's going to be taking uh, on the role as president CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Council uh, once I depart. So uh, a lot of news, you know, we're, we're, going to make this transition here over the next couple of months and uh excited for me i'm excited for him i think it's uh i think this is something that will uh, continue to contribute to lots of good things happening on the coast and i'm i look forward to see where the business council goes with his leadership well we're going to miss you in that role that is for sure and we'll talk more about why that might be um congratulations incidentally on your business ventures maybe we can talk a little bit about that as well and as it relates to jamie miller people do remember him as the he was executive director actually at the dmr for a period of time in fact he was a if i were to describe jamie in that role in that moment he was a really important transition leader for that organization wasn't he he was yeah absolutely you know he and he has uh you know great coastal background has worked in a number of of high profile and important jobs uh, on the coast really over the last 25 years or so. 
So he knows the coast very well, knows the people of the coast very well, and uh, you know, great contacts throughout the state with his time at MDA. And uh, so I think he's, uh, in many ways, a perfect fit to take over this organization. Uh, one other way that I knew, obviously, I knew him um, in the in the post Katrina days. But when I was in Alabama and led the oil recovery planning efforts for Governor Raleigh, um, Jamie, we brought Jamie over from Mississippi to lead one of our teams, and he did a terrific job. In fact, just like we did after the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal, we developed a book that gave us something to always come back to to say, you know, what are our goals for coastal Mississippi? We did the same thing over in Alabama. We literally published a book and he was responsible for working with the writers and a big team of people uh, to uh, to produce one of the chapters in that book. But still guides them in so many different ways. Um, but anyway, yeah. And, and of course, I mean, when you work on the inside of MDA for as long as he has, uh, you have a good sense of how it works, what the best practices are around this around the state. He understands the the role the business community plays in terms of community involvement, et cetera. Um, so there, there's not going to be a big learning curve for for Jamie, is there? No, not at all. I mean, Jamie has you know he's got incredible experience. Uh, you know, he's he's great leader. Um, I think he'll step right in and really be able to start to put his own flavor on the work that the business council does and uh, should be a very short learning curve getting up and running. I think you'll have to do, he'll have a lot more time spent on, on learning, you know, how to do uh, the, the accounting and QuickBooks and, and where the filing drawers are uh, than he will how to, to do the, the big, uh, the big strokes of the job really statewide. So I'm, I'm excited about him coming. That's exciting for us. It's exciting for you. I know I'm going to miss you in that role, and we'll we'll do a little bit of reflecting here shortly. What are your business ventures? What are you What are you going to be doing once you leave? Well, we've got a few different things. You know, this is this has been something that we've been working on for some time, and and it's kind of a you know a family approach. My wife and I are both going into uh, private ventures together. Uh, we're going to be doing some real estate development, uh, both here on the coast and in some other coastal states, and. Uh, we've been sort of, you know, laying the groundwork to, to get that moving. And we're also going to be doing uh, some things that are kind of passion projects for me. Uh, we're going to be doing some economic development consulting, working with companies that are that are looking to make expansions and working on uh, site selection, things of that nature. We're also going to be doing some uh, disaster recovery consulting going in after uh, disasters hit the United States and working with uh, the state and the locals there to make sure that uh, the federal resources flow down and they're able to put in a, a long-term strategic and sustainable uh, recovery plan in place. And, you know, we've already started to, to make some of those transitions and starting to kind of dip our toes in that water a little bit. But, you know, these are things that I have worked on over the course of my career and it's going to be nice to be able to kind of get back into that into that world a little bit so we've kind of got a we've got a full plate of things that that we're going to be doing uh and uh you know in many ways all of them are kind of closely related to other things i've done throughout my career so it doesn't feel like a, a huge transition as much as it feels like uh sort of you know drilling down in and focusing on some on some things that uh uh, you know, that I think can be successful. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about my feelings on the new economy. You know, I believe very strongly that we're going through sort of a the next industrial revolution as we speak. You know, things are changing in our economy every day. And, you know, I, I've had a strong desire to go and be a part of that new economy and, and try to be on the front lines of, of the ways that 
things are going to change, the ways that consumer behavior is going to change, the, uh, the types of things that, uh, that governments are going to have to think about as they're looking at things like disaster recovery and planning for you know, long-term sustainability. So these are all things that have you know, been very uh, sort of central to my day-to-day thinking, and I'm, I'm looking forward to going and, and working on those professionally. It, it makes sense. Um, you go back and look at your, as you pointed out, uh, it draws upon so much of your past experience from where I got to know you initially was working when you worked with Governor Barber on um, on some very complex granting mechanisms in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. Then when uh, Phil Bryant came to the office, you sort of there was, that office was still open and lots of work still to do there. After the BP oil spill, you had a key role. I think at one point you actually was a liaison between the governor's office and the White House. So you've right. seen it all. I mean, you as it relates to the role that government can uh, help can can play in the recovery effort, particularly after a disaster, the mechanisms the and, and, and as you well know, Governor Barber, they're talking about mechanisms. He just didn't take them on face value. Um, he worked on new approaches that had never been done before. And the ability to be to be innovative and creative and find ways to serve the needs of a community so they can get back resilient again and get back rebuilt again. Um, so much of your career has been focused around that stuff. It only seems natural, especially when you consider the fact that, as I would refer to you as a big brain person, you know, when you add your intelligence to it, but it's just a perfect fit for you, isn't it? Well, certainly, I've had some I've had some great experience and learned from some very good and some very smart people. Um, you know, had some very good mentors uh, throughout my career, which is which is absolutely invaluable. And you know, as you know, Ricky, sometimes the the best lessons are are learning the ways not to do things, and you know where the where the stumbling blocks are, and. Um, you know, when you look at some of the types of work that we're going to be doing, whether we're talking about large scale commercial type development, you know, real estate development, or whether we're talking about uh, large scale recoveries from natural disasters, um, you know, it, it takes it, it takes real planning and thought and, and, and leadership uh, to get those things done. Uh, it's not something that can be taken lightly. And so, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, more than anything, I'll, I'll give you just an example. I was working just a few days ago on a on a grant request for a, a very poor city in Louisiana that's looking to, uh, to, to redo some of their natural gas infrastructure. Um, there's a federal program to do some of that. And, you know, they've got 100-year-old natural gas pipes that are made out of cast iron. They're cracking, they're breaking. They've had fatalities from pipe explosions. You think about the impact that you can have by helping to marshal the resources around getting something like that done when there's a need. And, you know, that's something to feel that feels to me like you're you're really going in and you're helping change people's lives. And so uh, that's important to me. And then the ability, obviously, to do that along with my wife and kind of have our own little family business. That's uh, that, that's been really attractive. And so I'm very, very, very fortunate to be in a position to be able to go do that. We're having a conversation with Ashley Edwards, the current CEO of the Coast Business Council, who has announced last Thursday that he's leaving the Coast Business Council in November to uh, to uh, pursue a, a plethora of, of, of opportunities that he's involved in. So when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. We'll see you after the break.
live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, we're visiting with my friend Ashley Edwards, who's been an, a regular on Coast View. He's the C, current CEO of the Coast Business Council and will soon uh, move off into the private sector in November, something he announced last um, last Thursday. And uh, Jamie Miller from the MDA is going to be coming down here. He's from the coast. He, a lot of folks may know him for work that he that he's done here on the coast. Uh, DMR, for example, great transition leader ahead of uh, Joe Spragans, and just in general, somebody I think is well prepared for this job. I can't wait to have him on Coast View and continue the conversation. But one of the things I was saying, Jamie, uh, I mean uh, um, uh, Ashley, during the break to Kyle was. Actually, um, I actually look forward to continuing the conversations with you because you're one of the smarter guys I know. You are extraordinarily well-read. Um, in your current role, you can't always say exactly how you feel. I mean, that's just the way it works. And even if you kind of skirt the issues slightly, not to ruffle any feathers, you might still ruffle feathers. So it's going to be interesting to see you in a private sector role where you can be engaged in the community as a community leader that doesn't have some encumbrances on you. But I bet you're going to stay stay involved. I am going to stay involved. And, you know, look, I've, I've had seven years of a front row seat at watching other people in the private sector and how they've been able to, to you know, really serve their community and try to lead some of these efforts. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, I want to do everything I can to continue to, to help the coast. And so I and I look forward to the continued conversations with you, Ricky. I mean, I think that you, you're doing a great job. Uh, this has become such an incredible outlet for people to hear about what's going on on the coast and and not just to hear about what's going on, but to hear about what's important and how should we uh, be strategically approaching our future. And so, you know, it's it's ironic. And I've, I've told several people, you know, as I've sort of been telling people about this transition that, you know, it's it's kind of been good for me here over the last several months uh, because I'm thinking like a business person. You know, I'm thinking like a person that's got to make payroll and, and uh, you know, has the kind of uh, the kind of considerations every single day that that our people in the business council have. And so, you know, in many ways, uh, I'm sort of transitioning from from my role leading a nonprofit to the role that, that they've all been in as as actual business owner. Uh, who is looking for a sustainable coastal economy uh, so that they can continue to, to have success and, uh, and to be able to, to build that success and, and grow their employment and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, those are the things that are kind of keeping me up at night now. I mean, those are the things that I'm thinking about. So, you know, it's interesting when you leave a role like this, there's, there's kind of some clarity that starts to kind of come at the end because it simplifies for you a little bit. You start to understand the big picture things that are really important, where the priorities are. And, and uh, in many ways, my last seven years at the, at the Business Council has, I think, prepared me very well for, for what I'm about to embark on. Well, look at, look at, the, look at the, the people who are on your executive committee. Some of the most important CEOs, not just in coastal Mississippi, but in the state. I mean, the opportunity you have had to not only develop good personal relationships with each one of them, 
but to learn from them about how to balance your your community commitments with your enormous CEO responsibilities. I mean, I mean, look at look at William Yates and Roy Anderson, and I mean, the list goes on and on. But the the people that you've had the opportunity to work with have been incredibly innovative, has been incredibly growth oriented, have been, you know, I often say that if you want to find, if you want to get something done, find a busy person to do it. They define being a busy person. But um, but you're leaving the Coast Business Council in great hands. I mean, you've got a, you know, you got the the top CEOs in this community engaged. You got to be proud about how how what Jamie's coming into and what you've been able to learn during that seven years. Oh yeah, no no question at all. I mean, you know, it's been a great it, it's been a great learning experience for me. I think everything in life is, but this has been particularly valuable because I've got to see you know, not just the type of leadership that these men and women have given to their companies, but how they've shaped their companies and what the culture of their company looks like and what a culture of success looks like. And so, you know, in many ways, you know, I've seen some of the best CEOs that have run some of the most successful companies in our region and how they've gone about what they've done day to day and gives me some things to emulate and to try to aspire to. And and certainly, you know, the business council, as you as you mentioned, is in great hands. Uh, we, we've got folks are as uh, as engaged and involved as they as they as excuse me as they've ever been. Uh, you know, lots of issues that we've been working on, some some issues that we've solved. I mean, there you know some great things I'm really proud of that we've done over the last seven years, and um, I think it's just going to build a, a foundation for a lot of success with that organization moving forward. And it, it is a very important organization. In some ways, as I depart, I, I realize even more how important of an organization it really is. And uh, and certainly, you know, I look forward to continuing to watch the, the success that they're gonna have under their new leadership. Well, you've been such an integral part of helping get it to where it is today. You're you're obviously one of the reasons why, as we look across the spectrum of, of leaders, private sector leaders that are involved, they wouldn't be involved, uh, Ashley, if they didn't believe that their time would be well spent to help raise the bar for coastal Mississippi. I, I think about, for example, the work that you guys did on the strategic plan, you know, thinking about coastal Mississippi, what, what are the challenges going forward? Where should we focus our attention? One of the reasons why you became so passionate about the notion of the new economy is because of the work that you guys did and, and how coastal Mississippi can find where its competitive advantage is going to be in that process. And um, I mean, that's you know, powerful insights. And hopefully we can just keep preaching it and talking about it and getting people aligned around it. So, you know, as Joe Higgins said last week on my show uh, from the from the Golden Triangle, the, the uh, world-renowned economic development guy, um, he said, we need to get a bit of a chip on our shoulder in Mississippi. If you talk to someone from Texas, I mean, you know, don't talk bad about their town. I mean, they're they're pretty they get the righteous indignant and you know they're very indignant about it. And we got to get like that. You know, we got to say, well, no, achieving these goals that we set, you know, it's not an option not to do that. I mean, if you're not aligned with us. What do you need to do to get aligned with? That's what a strategic plan gives you the opportunity to do. And you think about the coast coast business council being a true regional business organization. It's it's the one group that can really speak to region the region and the way the region needs to be spoken to and thought about. And that's pretty powerful, isn't it? 
I think it is very powerful. You know, I think you and I certainly understand, and I think many people across the coast understand, but, you know, this region is, is greater as a whole than the sum of its parts. And oftentimes we focus on the parts to the exclusion of the whole. And I think that, you know, that, that's such an important lesson that we have to learn, especially given the way that the world is changing. I mean, regional economies uh, are, are sort of, you know, the, the focus of economic development experts and academics today looking at how regional economies and the, you know, all of the, the, the sort of the various connections and crossovers in these regional economies operate. Um, and you've got this sort of symbiotic relationship between the, the businesses and the communities and the organizations in a community. Uh, and we have everything we need here to be incredibly successful. Uh, in fact, sometimes the problems are us as individuals rather than the region that we're trying to sell. And so, you know, it's so important to, to always remember that. You know, I think accountability is, is a big piece of that. It's something that you and I, I know, agree on. Um, you know, we've got to continue to cultivate uh, high quality elected leadership in our region. We've got to continue to be leaders in the state. You know, we can't play second fiddle to other regions of Mississippi. You know, there's a reason that the coast ought to be one of the most powerful uh, regions in the state of Mississippi, because we do we are such an economic engine for the state. And, you know, we've got to continue to send people to Jackson that that understand that and will will fight for that. Uh, so there's, you know, there's lots of work still to be done, but there's there's been so much that has been accomplished. And, um, you know, it's one of those things, Ricky, that whether we like it or not, uh, the world is going to change around us. Our, our choice is not whether or not it's going to change. Our choice is, are we going to be able to change with it and take advantage strategically of the opportunities that are created? Uh, that change is occurring. And so now it's time to continue to take care of the, take advantage of those opportunities. It, it is so true. And Roland helped me understand this through my development at the Sun Herald is something I preached as as the uh, publisher of the Sun Herald, something we really aligned around after Hurricane Katrina, and that is that coastal Mississippi is an economic engine. It's uh, it's also an entity that people from all over the country and really the world can come to visit. It's an entity, and it's the sum of the parts. And it's a bit of a challenge for us because the parts are numerous. Slightly, I would say, way more than your typical region. <laughs> like, for example, Joe Higgins at the Golden Triangle. He's got he's got the three major cities that he represents, and basically that the counties that are involved in that. But here we have you know we have three counties, and you can certainly say that we have really six counties. Can you think about how we can connect to the to the upper three counties, and then we have all the municipalities that exist in all those cities, and that makes us strong. That gives us this unique sense of place. That that creates diversity here in coastal Mississippi but at the same time it makes it a little bit harder to align around the big goals and, it, and that's why you got to have a business council to stay focused on that when we come back uh, I want to go uh, we'll stay on this thing for just a bit and then we'll uh, we'll go into a little bit more deeper conversation about some of the things that business council has been up to over the last couple of years we'll see you after this Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. 
Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm having a conversation with my friend Ashley Edwards, the current CEO of the Coast Business Council, who's leaving the Business Council to pursue uh, incredible uh, private sector opportunities that he's going to be involved in in November. He's going to be replaced by Jamie Miller, who's coming down from the MDA, and I think Jamie's going to be a terrific replacement. I look forward to, we'll have a whole show with Jamie to tell his story and just have a conversation with him about the future. You know, when we went to break, though, um, we've made a lot of progress pushing coastal Mississippi into sort of the limelight as an, as an economic engine, uh, and, you know, we're, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, the tide's going to lift all these boats that are the parts of coastal Mississippi. That is for sure. But one of the things that I that I shared at the One Coast Award, you and I have previously talked about this before, but I think it's worthy of mentioning again, and that is this, that there is a serious gravity toward mediocrity in most communities and regions, not just ours. I mean, this is normal, okay? We are not immune to the, this gravity. Too many people work too hard to protect the status quo. We've got to expect more of ourselves and elected officials. To win, there has to be trajectory. There is no trajectory in mediocrity. Your point that you made a minute ago was pretty powerful, and that is that our competitors are going to raise the bar. They're going to raise the bar, and they're going to burn the midnight oil, and they're going to they're fight hard to win. Uh, it's kind of up to us whether we're going to raise the bar or not. And, you know, I, my sense, we've done a good job of continuing to raise the bar, but we're always going to have to fight that gravity, aren't we? No, no question. We are. And it's sometimes it's so instructive to look at how people outside of the coast view us. I mean, we were a couple of years ago in Nashville meeting with some business leadership, some tourism leadership up there. And, you know, you think about Nashville, the economic success they've had, they've led the country in corporate relocations, you know, have over 100 people a day that move to Nashville, many of them without a job, because they know that the, that the employment opportunities are, are so hot there that they can make that type of a risk moving without even having a job secured. And, you know, we, we kind of look at that as a, as a benchmark for what we should be. And, but, I, you know, we were talking to them and just talking about the coast, and I asked the question to them. I said, well, you know, as you guys sort of from the outside looking at us, what do you see? And they said, man, if we had an ocean on our doorstep and we had the, the proximity to New Orleans and the things like that that you guys have, it would be so much easier for us to do what we do. I said, in some ways, we think you guys have competitive advantages that we don't have here in Nashville. And it's kind of a, it's, that's an amazing perspective to hear because we often would maybe undersell ourselves a little bit compared to that. But I think that, you know, certainly uh, there have been a lot of folks that have been very happy to see uh, the, the Mississippi Gulf Coast not live up to its fullest potential because it's meant it's given them more time to prepare. Uh, yeah. You know, that's our own fault, and we're the only ones that can fix it. Uh, so, but, you're, but you're right. Everyone's raising the bar, uh, and we've got to continue to be very competitive. And, and what I mean by competitive is – you know, look, everyone's competing for resources. Everyone's competing, especially t for talent, for human capital today. And, you know, we have got some of the best selling points, some of the best competitive advantages uh, of any of the other markets that we benchmark ourselves against. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, there's really no excuse for us not to perform very well. And, uh, and I think we've got and, and I think as a region, we continue to put the pieces in place to do that. 
Actually, it's going it, to. I think what I think what um, Jerry St. Pay said on my show, you know, the first week that we had the show. In fact, I had a segment of this in that video that I put together for the One Coast Awards. But he he said that you know um, complacency is our biggest enemy, and and the point that he's making, and, and it's worthy of repeating here, is that. Saying that, for example, Ingles will always be there, you know, and that Chevron will always be there, and that Stennis and the blue chip industries that are part of that will always be there, and that the gaming industry and the thriving tourist market that we have will always be there. Um, I, I think about John Hairston and what he said about if you think about it, there's been no big game changing things happen in coastal Mississippi since the early 90s when gaming came here. So there's not you can't you can't expect that some great new dimension like that's going to occur. The wins that we get going forward, especially within the guys of the new economy, are going to be a lot of singles and doubles. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And and some of it might be just one person at a time as they relocate here and choose to live in coastal Mississippi and work for Amazon, you know, in Seattle. You know, but they're going to live here. That's the that's the reality of the new economy, building the kind of places where people want to live. But 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 it you know, we've had a lot of successes over the years, but we can't get our chests out too far because I mean it, let me Joe Joe Mack, he had a couple of consecutive years in a row with one billion dollar economic development, deals that that added up to a billion dollars. These guys, you know, they may hit another mid billion dollars this year. You know, that that's significant, and uh, and we need those kind of wins here in coastal Mississippi. We cannot assume that the industries that we have here, the blue chip groups that we have here, will always be here. And that's something we got to constantly remind ourselves of, isn't it? It is. You know, one of the things that I think is, is on the near horizon for the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and it's going to be something that we're going to have to respond to as a region, is uh, the incredible workforce changes we're seeing as more of the baby boomer generation uh, exits the workforce through retirement. Uh, you know, there are going to be lots of jobs available. There are lots of jobs available coastwide right now. I mean, there are some very good jobs available out there. I mean, you know, this is we live in a region where everybody that wants to work can work. Uh, and, you know, the things that that we see happening are you know, wages continue to, to rise. Um, the, obviously, the times upcoming are different than the times that we're coming from. You know, the, there, we used to live in a world in which, hey, if you wanted to have lots of high-paying jobs uh, in a region, you had to go out and attract the industry that would create those high-paying jobs. Today, we're in a different world because, as you noted, there are people that can dial into Silicon Valley every day uh, that makes that are in six-figure jobs that can choose to live here. Uh, and buy homes here and put their kids in the school districts here. And so we have to approach economic development a little bit differently as a result of that, because we don't always have to necessarily put uh, the industrial infrastructure in place uh, to be able to gain talented people and, and good paying jobs, because people are, are bringing those from other places. And so for us, it's got to be a bit of an all of the above mentality. Um, you know, it's it's going out there. And again, you know, we don't have to sort of reinvent the wheel here. There are regions that are doing this very successfully today and emulating what they're doing is a good first place to start. I have a friend of mine's son who works for Amazon and uh, he's about to come back home and he still works for Amazon and he well makes well into six figures. And what his, what his specialty is, is database. He's a database analyst. Uh, 
Right. That's what he does. And it, but he w- makes well into six figures. And uh, they don't care where he lives. They can live wherever he wants to live. Man, there are a lot of jobs that fit that description these days, isn't there? Well, there is. I mean, one of the you know one of the specific things that I'm going to be doing in, in some of the real estate development work that we've got on the books is is uh, you know do, doing some very specific types of developments for those digital nomads, the people that are uh, able to to work remotely and live anywhere. I mean, these are the types of things that the new economy is going to demand, and so. Um, you know, it's, it's a perfect example of, you know, the ways that even real estate folks are starting to change, uh, you know, sort of their vision for what the future is going to hold and, and who, are, you know, who are their customers going to be as we go forward. And, um, you know, we've, we've, got a, we've got a great, a great region here, uh, so much to be proud of, as you've correctly noted, so much that we can continue to do to get better. Uh, but, you know, the next 10 years for the Mississippi Gulf Coast is going to be, one of the most important time periods that we've ever been through, because when we, you know, when we wake up in 2032 or 2033, uh, we're going to live in a different world. We're going to live in a different region than we live in today. And again, not, that's not even necessarily our choice. It's going to happen with or without our consent. Um, so being prepared to face that is going to be so important. It's a, it's exciting to think about it. Um, you know, there's always been a fear of ambiguity, and there, you know, if you think about the future, there's a lot of ambiguity. Technology changes, and companies that we know today that are big time companies may not even exist, you know, 10 years from now. They won't exist, actually. They won't exist 10 years. And new companies will emerge, and new capabilities will emerge. And you, you know, you've always need, you know, every community has always needed to have, you know, live with the reality that you have to be able to turn on a dime. You have to be able to, be innovative. You have to be prepared for uh, future strategic changes. Every community should already be in a position like that. We've done pretty good in that area, but man, I mean, the reality is things are going to be changing more rapidly, and 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 those communities that are prepared are going to uh, are going to win, and those who are not prepared um, and who are complacent uh, will not only not win. But we may begin to lose in big ways. So, you know, that's the thing we have to be paid close attention to. But we got a lot going for us in this community. There is no doubt about that. Hey, when we come back, I'm going to be interested in hearing from Ashley Edwards as he leaves his job in November for the private sector. Um, you know, when he looks back on the last seven years, what stands out as things that, that he's most proud of? We'll see you after this break. Live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I get a lot of feedback about Coast View from people. I love getting notes. I got a note the other day from my brother-in-law, Mac Harper, who sent uh, a note from an old friend that we we graduated with, Eddie Red, who is a regular listener and had something nice to say about the show. But I get a lot of feedback from people who like listening to the show because 
the goal of Coastview is to make is to make Coast of Mississippi the star. It's to make the guests the star. It's to celebrate new ways of thinking and teach some maybe new ways of thinking. Um, it is, uh, you know, I, I had I had plenty of opportunities in my career to have my 15 minutes of fame. So it ain't about me. It's about the guests and and the you know the years that I've had of experience that I've had. Uh, that enable me to have some conversations that are about raising the bar. And I, I, I believe that if Coastview does nothing else, is to teach people maybe a new way of thinking and, and helps convince more people that we need to raise the bar a little bit higher, I think we've really achieved our goal. So I really appreciate the feedback. Thanks for the notes. Thanks for the comments. And keep them coming in. I really appreciate it. We're having a conversation with Ashley Edwards, who uh, announced last Thursday that he is stepping down as the CEO for the Business Council, Coast Business Council. And it's going in the private sector. He'll do really well. There's no question about it. But he's not going away. He's still going to be involved. And in some ways, maybe he's uh, he'll be able to contribute in more significant ways as a private sector leader than he has as an executive director. So it's sort of a natural evolution, if you ask me. But uh, as you look back, Ashley, over the past seven years, what stands out to you? What are some of the things you're most proud about? Well, you know, it's, sometimes it's amazing. It's gone by in such a blink. I mean, it's hard for me to even comprehend that it's been seven years because it seems like it's gone by so quickly. You know, there are a lot of things. I think some of the things that probably stick out in the top of my mind, you know, obviously the the, the work that we did on the BP Economic Damage Settlement Funding, um, not real proud of, of how it's turned out with the way the legislature has gone about the process, but I am very proud that we were at least able to get a deal to keep the vast majority of that money in coastal Mississippi. I can't overstate how hard the business council worked on that for years. Um, you know, and I can't overstate the fact that there was, there, there was no agreement or plan in the state of Mississippi to make sure that money was going to be invested here. So, you know, really the first win was making sure that the majority of that money would be spent on the coast. Uh, now we continue to kind of fight the battle to make sure it's spent well, but that, that's one of them. You know, the other one, and, and probably maybe the thing I'm most proud of, uh, I don't think people have any real sense of how involved the business council and our leadership was in the effort to change the state flag. Um, in many ways, I don't think that that would have gotten to the point that it got to, and I don't think it would have happened uh, specifically without the business leadership of the Gulf Coast. And, uh, you know, I, I find that to be, you know, one of the most uh, incredible things that's happened in Mississippi. I know a lot of people feel differently about that. There was probably a time that I felt differently about it years ago, but I will tell you, in the role that I'm in, um, I got a front row seat to a lot of discussion about that state flag as it related to the economic prosperity of our state. Um, and I can tell you without hesitation, um, I've talked to CEOs that were looking at making investments here that talked about how problematic it was for their board of directors when they would see uh, things on the national news about our battles over the flag. I've talked to local business leaders that, talk, that talked about how important it was going to be for their human capital recruitment and talent recruitment uh, to not have that symbol uh, sort of standing in the way of them being able to bring in good, smart, talented people to come take jobs here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, and so in many ways, you know, I've said a number of times without spending hardly a dime, I think that's probably one of the biggest economic development wins that we've had in the history of this state. And it's going to pay dividends for year to years to come. 
So I'm very, very proud of that. You know, internally, I'm proud that we've you know been able to grow the membership. I'm proud uh, of something that a lot of people probably wouldn't recognize, but I'll I'll mention it to you, Ricky. You know, and I tell people this all the time, especially folks that deal with boards. And you know, you've you've obviously done extensive reporting on what's happened with uh, the Tourism Commission and that board. Um, I have had an incredible board for seven years, and in seven years at the Gulf Coast Business Council, I have never had anything other than a unanimous vote of my board of directors. And every vote we've taken monthly for seven years, we've never had a dissenting vote on anything that we wanted to go do. Um, and I think that when you have the business community aligned in that way strategically, uh, that's, that spells great things for the Coast future. Uh, so, you know, a lot of kind of behind the scenes inside baseball stuff there that normal that people wouldn't normally see. Uh, but it's been a real honor for me. And I just I can't say enough about the people that I've worked with, the, the CEOs and leaders across the coast. They've been incredible. There's a new generation of them that are starting to you know percolate up to the top now. And, and it won't be long before they are the leaders. Uh, you know, and it's just this change that constantly occurs. I mean, I tell people all the time, the only consistent thing in life is change. And we're going to continue to see, you know, new leaders emerge. Uh, and I'm excited about what the future holds. You know, every time I'm around young executives and, and others who will be the next generations of, of William Yates and John Harrison's and Anthony Wilson's, it excites me because I see the, the drive they have and the way that they uh, the passion they have for wanting to see things change, and I'm—I I think I feel like we're in very good hands with the leadership that we have uh, waiting in line. Well, listen, uh, congratulations, my friend. Uh, job well done. I look forward to staying in touch. You'll be a regular on this show uh, still in the private sector, and uh, it's a natural evolution of advancement. That's the way this works in a community. And look forward to having conversations with Jamie. And congratulations to your board for doing such a great job. Cheers to you, my friend, for sure. And cheers to you. And uh, we will see you soon. Have a great day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.